G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. We've been chatting on the program about following Jesus with confidence. And as we wind up that series, there's one more thing that I'd like to share with you. In fact, it's the most important thing. Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond, and welcome again to the program. Today, we're going to take another look, an important look, at your confidence in Christ from a different perspective. There's many a time in the last 20 or so years since I gave my life to Jesus that I've come up short on my end of the bargain, many a time. I wish that wasn't the case, but it is. And at those times, our conscience condemns us because that's exactly what it's meant to do. Yesterday I made the point that your conscience is a lot like your sense of touch. God gave us a conscience for a good reason. He gave us a sense of touch so that when we touch something hot, it'll hurt and we'll pull away before we really injure ourselves badly. Your conscience and mine serve exactly the same purpose. When we stubbornly refuse to yield one particular area of our lives to Jesus, our conscience robs us of that peace and that joy that we're meant to live in. And the purpose of that is to get us to turn away from that thing before it seriously hurts us. I've met so many people who've been seeking the sort of relationship with Jesus that we've been talking about in this series, the sort where no matter what comes their way, he gives them that quiet sense of confidence. And yet, they turn their backs on him and wonder where that confidence goes. See, there are two attitudes that we can have towards our sin. On the one hand, we can stubbornly refuse to let it go. We can convince ourselves that this little sin of ours, well, you know, it's not really that bad. I met a pastor of a church once who refused to smile and say hello to the members of his congregation. Only a little thing you might think, and yet he was tearing the congregation apart. People spoke to him about it, but he stubbornly refused to do anything about it. Oh, well, you know, it's just how I am. That was his answer. Stubbornly holding out on God by continuing in sin has serious and devastating consequences, both in the here and now, And for all eternity, this is what Jesus said about it. Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 to 23. He said, look, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name and cast demons out in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. See, faith translates into works. The works don't save us, but they're evidence of genuine faith. They're the fulfilment and the outworking of our faith, and without them, our faith is dead. James chapter 2, verse 20. People who stubbornly continue in sin are going to get a rude shock when it comes to their day of judgment. Now, the works of the flesh are obvious. Fornication, impurity, licentiousness, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, anger, quarrels, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and all the things like that. I'm warning you, writes Paul, as I warned you before, those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 to 21. So that's the first thing. 
If you want to follow Jesus with confidence, don't expect to be able to do that if you stubbornly refuse to turn away from your sin and turn back to God. The bottom line, the executive summary of the outcome of stubborn sin is this, Hebrews chapter 10, verses 26-27. This is a really worthwhile passage to remember. For if we willfully persist in sin after having received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for our sins, but a fearful prospect of judgment and a fury of fire that will consume the adversaries. So, what's the alternative? Well, we all know that we fall short of the glory of God on a daily basis. We know that. We all know that our anger flares up, that we we carry around some insecurities. We all have some natural weaknesses and limitations that we're working our way through. I just admitted to you that I'm in that boat. The alternative here is to keep a short account with God. So instead of stubbornly refusing to hand it over to God and ask for his forgiveness... We hang on to it, and that robs us 100% of the time of our peace and our confidence in Christ. But the alternative is to go to God quickly and ask for his forgiveness. The alternative is to admit our sin to him openly and honestly. I mean, why do we hide? Why do we imagine he can't see? He's God after all. I mean, if we say that we have no sin, we're kidding ourselves, and the truth isn't in us. But if we confess our sins... He who is faithful and just will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we haven't sinned, we make God a liar and his word is not in us. 1 John chapter 1, verses 8 to 10. You see, the alternative is being honest and admitting our sin to ourselves and to God. And when we do, he's faithful, he's just. He'll forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness because Jesus already died to pay for those sins. What's justice got to do with it? Well, quite simply this. If you believe in Jesus, he has already paid for your sins when he died on that cross for you and for me 2,000-something years ago. Justice has been served. And so this faithful and just God forgives us in grace and in mercy even though we ourselves don't deserve it because Jesus, Jesus paid the price for us. That, if you don't mind me saying so, is sensational news. What I've noticed is this. The longer I take to go to God and ask him for his forgiveness, the worse my life is. Let me say it again. The longer I take to go to God and ask him for his forgiveness, the worse my life is. The less confidence I have in him, the less peace I have, the less joy I have. But the quicker I am to go to him and be honest and admit my mistake or my rebellion or whatever the case may be, the more confidence I have in him, the more peace I have, the more joy I have. We learn by our mistakes and hanging on to my sin I've learned is never, ever, ever worth it in the end. Because the longer I hang on to it, the more stubborn I become over it and then I put my life at peril. Jesus paints a sharp contrast between the humble sinner and the proud sinner. Sin is a fact. It's a reality in my life. It's a reality in your life from time to time. Here's that picture of two different ways that we can handle sin. Luke chapter 18, verses 9 to 14. Jesus told this parable to some who trusted in themselves and they were righteous and regarded others with contempt. He said, look, two men went up to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee. The other was a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, was praying thus. He said, God, I thank you that I am not like these other people, these thieves and rogues and adulterers, or even like that tax collector over there. 
I fast twice a week, I give a tenth of all my income, but the tax collector was standing far off, wouldn't even look up to heaven, but was beating his chest and saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his home justified rather than the other, for all who exalt themselves will be humbled, but all who humble themselves will be exalted. Why does God want you and me to be honest with ourselves and with him about our sin? Because our sin, our rebellion against God, robs us of life itself. It robs us of peace. It robs us of confidence in order that we will come to our senses. Let me come back to what I said yesterday. You and I were made to live a life of perfect peace, perfect joy, perfect contentment. Even though we go through many trials, that's how we're made to live. That's why God takes your sin and mine so seriously, because it robs us of that perfect peace and joy and contentment and confidence that God has for us. Do you truly want to follow this Jesus with confidence? Then keep short accounts with God. Ask for his forgiveness. Turn away from your sins. It's a game changer. so they can experience a real and tangible relationship with God. So before I go, I'd like to tell you about our free daily devotional to help you be all that God made you to be. It's called Fresh. Each day you'll receive a powerful scripture verse together with some words of inspiration, hope and encouragement. And the best news is that it's completely free and delivered right to your inbox each and every day where you can choose to read, listen or even watch the daily video. It's completely up to you. It's God's Word fresh for you each day. To receive your free devotional, just jump onto the website freshdevotional.org. You'll see the Fresh e-devotional sign up right there for you. As a bonus, I'll also send you a free copy of my e-book, How Can I Hear God Speak to Me? So head across to the website and sign up to receive Fresh. I pray that your heart will be touched and transformed as you draw ever closer to Jesus through his word. That web address again, in case you missed it, is freshdevotional.org. I'm Bernie Diamond. Catch you again same time Monday with a different perspective. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.